get amongst it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, exactly. Well, that's why that's why I do it. It's like soon as like it's the same as like when I do all I pre do none of the pre waffle really when I do the lives. Yeah, who needs pre waffle? Who needs editing? <laughs> Just get straight exactly. amongst it. <laughs> Although I did have a I did have a nightmare nightmare with Felicia's. Oh yeah. So it yeah, doesn't have with, um, Yeah, when when you when you get amongst your lives, I've noticed that you're yeah. you're doing it like peak time, aren't you? That doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that I had to cut a big. I had to cut a section out of the podcast. Oh, were you naughty? No, it was things that was said that she didn't want on the lives. Uh, so I had to like I had to like obviously mention things like World One's podcast and all that and former yeah, hosts yeah. and I had to like take it out and then what at least you had to do was chop it that's why I had to delete it download it again but I had to chop it in the four like upload it again in four parts but on the um on the iTunes and Spotify I just uploaded it in one which is fine but for the video I, I literally just couldn't I could build it but I couldn't upload it it just wouldn't let us access it so pain in the ass isn't it but anyway, uh, it, this has been a long yeah. time in the making, Chris. Welcome it to is. the Granite Zero podcast. Been yeah. too long, too long. But for those of you that listen to the show, Chris has been a supporter of, of the podcast since pretty much its birth. Um, he, he popped up and was like, I love, I love your format, love what you're doing. I think it's a brilliant idea. And I was like, oh, fucking... My first fan, <laughs> but you're fucking much more than that, mate. The amount of um, effort and time you put into countless different um, avenues, shall we say, for, whether it's, yeah. for example, helping me out with the Granite Zero book. You didn't have to do that, but yeah. there you was in all your glory. Um, and uh, a few other people, I believe you've helped out. But you also do, like yeah. we were just mentioning there, your, your Instagram lives style podcast that you do getting interesting new people on and your support for veteran companies mate is I, I i actually think it's second to none i don't think there's anyone that like supports the veteran community quite like chris michaels Powerful. i would say tony gibson i've got to give tony gibson a shout out because his is always on point on his stories but i'll be honest yourself i look at it as like i'll support everybody so it's that it's that diversity because I think it doesn't yeah, make a yeah. difference if it's like if it's a veteran, civilian. To be honest, a business is a business. So no matter who's behind it and their background, um, like I said, yes, obviously I will always support the veterans. You know, podcasts, you know, apparel companies, people like Smudge. You know what I mean? You know, all the people that coat are all the different people out there. Like yourself, I mean, we could literally sit there and reel off probably what fifty companies. Well, yeah, we probably could. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's what's lacking in today's society. Like you just said, it doesn't have to be a veteran company. These small yeah. businesses out there, they, they need it right now. And especially in today's climate with, with the lockdowns, the COVID, all that bollocks that we, we could go into deep rabbit holes on that, but we probably won't. We've only got an hour and a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's the support you need. Like, as you probably noticed, um, I'm not going to give them too much airtime, but I've had a bit of mixed reviews with, with the book. And uh, it, it comes from uh, people I served with that yeah. aren't liking it. Um, yeah. 
everyone's not not everyone's going to like it. That, that that's that's what happens, isn't it? But you don't need to go on to like I've put a lot of effort into that, and and as have you to help me out through it. You don't need someone then to just be a dick. You know, you don't need to be a dick. Just if you don't like it, just leave it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because what it was was when I obviously got the, the raw material, I looked at it as okay, this isn't specifically about, like I said, the RAF regiment. What I was looking at is yes, it's one of the first of its kind because we've got that many different, you know, veteran authors out there now who've yeah, given yeah. us perspective from different areas and predominantly in the last, like, say, 20 years. So you've got to look at the big conflicts of Afghan and Iraq there. But what I was looking at was I wanted it to be accessible to everybody because you see, what I found was with it doesn't make a difference if you served in the RAF regiment royal navy because essentially you could say okay so did the only people that were really getting ground time were say royal marines paris mm. the army all together that part and then you could look at areas such as say the royal navy were yep yeah, ships throwing like obviously the gulf you know coast of this coast of that they had obviously fleet air arm um you know and then i look and i think predominantly people could say the same about them you know, so I'm yeah, looking yeah. at is anybody who gave a negative spin on it was it because it started speaking the truth of what they didn't like to be talked about? Because I think yeah, what yeah. it was is anybody who gives a negative spin on a particular area, say for example, the Rough Ridge, I wanted to give it a, a like a, a really a valuable perspective of like this is the job, you know, that you guys do, this is what you did in those areas of conflict. So I wanted to give a broader, so this was a perspective from your own perspective. Yeah, yeah, And also exactly. give a, a generalisation. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's like I was saying, like a few things have popped up saying that I was lying about certain stuff, but it's like I said to a lot of my mates, a lot of my mates have gone, Tom, I was there, I know you didn't, that sort of thing. But if I was going to lie about something, surely I would make it all singing, all dancing, Fucking, I did this, I did that. Being a proper Walter Mitty, why would I say that I was getting depressed because I wasn't seeing anything? And I took a lot of um, inspiration from another book that got a lot of hate when it was first written, and that was Jarhead. And a lot of people know it's know it as the movie because the movie got um, was good reviews with in a broader outlook of it. But people that were serving in the Marines were like, no, that you can't have that." that doesn't show us being all warlike and amazing. That's showing us being boring and waiting around. It's like, well, that happens. And um, Anthony Swarford got a lot of shit for it because he wasn't all singing, all dancing. It's like, well, no, that, that's, this is my outlook on what happened. But yeah, like you said, it, it's, a different, it's a different type of book. And it's not just about my time within the military. It's how I coped with it when I left. And that was the. the well, I think thing. that's the. That, I, I think that's the the part that you need to focus on. See, because what it was is anybody who's given it a negative spin, they could do it quite easy and say, "You never suffer from this. You never suffer from that." But the problem is, though, is it's not just military. It's not just you know exactly. people keep thinking like post traumatic. I call it post traumatic now because to me, it's is it really a disorder? You know, um, you know, we could look at it from any different perspective. But also, I look at you it can, as yeah. anybody who's given it a negative spin. It's because it affects everybody. You could have car accidents, you could have domestic abuse, you could have rape cases, you could have violent, you know, assaults. With mine, it was literally, if I broke it down, it was probably like, what, 20% of 
caused exactly. by most of the time in the military, 80% civilian. So is that, you know, just because I served in the military doesn't mean I necessarily got that from from being yeah, exactly, in mate. the military, you know? And I, I think totally a lot of people, agree with they, that. Don't, they don't like it. They don't like, because, I, see, this I, one I, point, no. Yeah, carry on. So carry on. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm being a bit button in there, but carry on. <laughs> no, no, because I want to I back you up a little bit here, because in a sense, people who say, that you didn't suffer from this, you didn't suffer that, we never suffered from that. Everybody's going to have an element of mental health in their life. But what they've got to realise is everybody deals with that stress level in their own ways. Yeah, exactly. You see, just because they didn't have that same effect of being in that area at the same time doesn't mean somebody else. We all got coping mechanism and levels of stress. That's the problem that people have got to remember. Everybody's an individual. And that's yeah. what they're not taking in perspective. So they're looking and thinking, well, I didn't go for this or that didn't happen to me. Well, you probably know 20 people that didn't anything happen. Yeah. But yet for yourself, that's your personal perspective. That's all you've ever wrote about. Yeah, mate. And I, I, I can hold my hands up. When I first came out of the military and I was having all these thoughts and feelings that I didn't know how to process, didn't know how to deal with, um, which is my mate was my main problem. That's why I, got so bad was because I wasn't processing them um, and one of my close friends started suffering quite badly with depression and anxiety and a, a touch of PTSD and I was like but fuck off mate you served in the, in the same regiment as me I didn't fucking have that but that was my way of trying to deal with my own issues I was like no I'm gonna fucking have a go at him take the take the high, highlight him over me that fuck off cunt sort of thing yeah. And it wasn't until I went to therapy and I was sat down and I was going through um, the different stresses, um, being on tour without doing anything, like you're on a, a fucking heightened sense of stress yeah. constantly. And then basically nothing happens. It's like, what, what am I supposed to do with all this? Um, but even before that, uh, I lost, um, well, I say I lost, we lost, me and the missus, we lost three kids, as you probably know from reading reading the yeah. book. We lost we had three miscarriages and again didn't really deal with that other things that happened um previously when I was growing up between my mum and dad that I'm not going to discuss because it's not fair on them um that also affected me you know what I mean it's like yeah. I can't just go oh that's that moment right there that's the that's the one that did it because it's not yeah. fucking everything but um yeah no, <laughs> enough enough of that so what what sort yeah. of got you into the avenue of like creative writing and writing these books that, that you've got out? Um, is it something you've always been passionate about, sort of literature and what have you? Well, I've always I've always written. I've always written since a kid. So I used to write a lot and put into different phrases or different contexts or you know in what we call like say basic poetry, but not. But it wasn't. It was yeah, creative yeah. writing. It wasn't the you know the Ryman poetry that we know of. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've always been a big, obviously a big reader. I've read like that many different genres. You know, right from like Homer right through right through to you know to modern day Dan Brown. So I've got a wide perspective because I would say if anybody wants to have that area of learning creative writing, they've naturally got a skill there. But also on the other side of it, with those the, the knowledge you build from somebody else you gain from somebody yeah. else you take that and it's a natural skill that you can build now i would say myself what the way i write now is far different from what i did say five years ago and it was my way of because i didn't want to talk to anybody i didn't want to like 
say, oh, I've got this issue or that issue. I didn't even believe I had PTSD. I mean, even when I got told, you've got that. And say, how could I have that? I never served frontline. So I had a lot of like battles there to what broke it down to us going to through psychiatrist and I had a really good um, psychiatrist who basically broke it down for us and said that this is what PTSD is this is what you know it's what causes it you know all of the parts of it so I started thinking right okay so and what I did was I started writing things down of like this is how I felt this is how I felt it was almost like that journaling it was like journaling without journaling because I never realized what journaling was you know so it's kind of like that's how I started doing it and what I did was I wanted to I kind of how I felt on this day or that day, or this is how I felt at this moment or that moment. And I kind of created this book form that and I turned it into a, like a fiction book because it was actually called Darkness Be My Friend, the very first book that I actually officially wrote. And it was something for myself because I always wanted to write a book and I never knew what. So I kind yeah. of was quite proud that I got it out there, got it actually, you know, on book form almost, got it out there. And then it was like, it wasn't until... Um, Welcome back to the dark. So the second one, that was where it really came into place. So I started thinking, okay, so how can I put my lessons, these things I've learned from being in that place or experiences? And it's not just over, say, a period of like 15, 20 years. It's like my lifetime. How can I put that into a form that people can understand? And I always said it from day one. If somebody gets something of value from this and it helps them, that's my job done. And I've always said, I would have finished a long time ago because I've had a lot of positive feedback on it. But yeah, as yeah. you've probably seen, as I've put in, I started looking at different areas and I'd see it from a different perspective. I don't like to copy what's already there. So I use that form of like, we've become so comfortable, coming uncomfortable that we're now comfortable again, but it's with fixed ideas. So what I've done is I've gone back, looked at things. I have a lot of inspiration as well from many different forms, you know, but what I've done is I've drawn different things from, other people almost and thought that perspective's good what about this perspective and i'm always like to think yeah, outside yeah. the box so all my books are like the ones like on addictions because i looked at this people say well oh, addictions and then there's seven sins let's combine that and let's see what we can work with this so as i've done it i've done it and i've done a like a mental health management book so like what helped me may help somebody else so what i've done is yeah, it's yeah. all for other people almost but it's like this is what helped me maybe it might help other people or let's talk about this subject, or let's talk about things that don't people don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I like to, and I, I like to break things down and put it onto book form. So it's a long journey, especially the last five years. It's been a big learning curve, and it's also been a big development curve and evolution for myself because we've all got to evolve, haven't yeah, we? Definitely. Yeah, of course. You can't like like you just said. We've all got to evolve. If we don't, then we're just going to be stat- static and stuck doing the same thing day yeah. in and day out, and you know, when you get into that sort of routine of doing the same thing day in and day out, that's when is- other issues start taking form. And I've noticed yeah. um, quite recently that you're you're really good friends with obviously the Jim Jim Harmers, Jim Self Harmers yeah. Club. That's fucking. Oh, I find that so hard to say. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but again, they do like they're doing at the minute, doing a burpees challenge. Brilliant idea. Yeah. Nobody likes burpees, but guess what? Burpees don't like you either. But it's something um, that keeps you busy. It's like, oh, I've got to do my burpees yeah. today. And then next month, be something different. And yeah. that's, that's what we need to get. The spice, the variety. And I think little things like that, little changes, sometimes is all you yeah. need. Definitely, because with the good thing about gym self-harmers, if people look at it from a different perspective, 
it's about accountability and ownership. Just holding yeah, yeah. yourself accountable of like, I've done the second day, now I've done 200, done 100 yesterday, 100 today, uh, tomorrow it's going to be 100. And it's keeping yourself accountable. And these are all the little things that we remember. It may seem like a, it's it's a horrible, disgusting thing, 100 burpees, because you literally are hanging out the hoop all oh, the yeah. time. But what, I've, but what I've found is it holds you accountable. But also what I love about, obviously, what Rob's created there, and, you know, and I've been, like, really more involved, obviously, doing the 30 miler, and obviously, like raising money for mental health charities, but it's a family. It is this family environment. It's a community, and and that's yeah, what I absolutely is. love. And ev- and everybody is as equal as each other. Like when we've done that thirty miler, if anybody's done the three peaks, that third peak is absolutely brutal. You are like your lungs are redlining. You know, I had um, obviously uh, Reece, Ricky Ardy on uh, before us and it was literally the band was flowing and I was like come on you, you, you know your Italian insta stud there yes get up there let's let's <laughs> competition let's beat you and it, yeah, and it yeah, was yeah, this, this whole family environment and it's like and it's been like that since then it really took off there and that's what I love about supporting you know everybody that does something positive because underneath it all the message is strong but underneath it all it's about holding yourself accountable and that ownership yeah, yeah, of, of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's a really important part about it as well. Because it's it challenges a challenge. You can go and beast yourself seven days a week if you want to. But it's about putting yourself in that discipline, it's putting yourself in that ownership and that accountability, which really yeah, exactly. you can apply throughout your life as well. Yeah, and I think it's uh Jocko uh believes stands by that yeah. as well. Be accountable for your actions, that sort of thing. Um I can't remember yeah. the actual phrase he uses off the top of my head. I know he's got discipline, discipline equals, equals freedom. Yeah, he's got that one. There's another one that he uses as well um, about being accountable. Um, yeah, but off the top, off the top of my head, I can't fucking think of it. But every time I listen to fucking Jocko, I'm like, I've got to go and do something. Yeah. I can't just sit here. And the same with um, Goggins as well. It's like, oh, I've got to go and do something. <laughs> and now Rob, <laughs> Rob's another one. Yeah, with his with his well, right how do. <laughs> Yeah, when you see all these, you see all these people doing this stuff, and you're like, you think it inspires you. I mean, as I hate that word motivation, and I agree with Jocko, it is fickle. It is literally like I prefer discipline because to me, motivation is like yeah. I'd rather insp- inspiration because you get inspired by watching other people do something. Yeah, and then it, yeah. then it becomes a motivation for you to actually create the actions from what you're doing. Yeah, so exactly. it's all about being inspired, and you know. And it can come from a podcast form. It can become a page form. It can be anywhere. If something inspires you to, to create an action, which is going to improve you, say, for example, that 1% each day, by the end of the five days, you're 5% better than what you were. So automatically, exactly. inspiration creates that motivation, which then fuels that action that you're going to take. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. And I think throughout this um, this prolonged period that we've got, there's a lot of people just on well take social media which i always find is a double-edged sword anyway Um, but you find those inspirational people like like you were saying and the likes of um andrew from uh mountain high valley deep or whatever it is valley deep mountain high yeah i always get them mixed up as well he's another guy that day in and day out he's doing something and he'll be posting something up and you'll be like yeah, that's, that's fucking brilliant. Even when back in, way back in the first lockdown, getting in those ice buckets in the in the ice bin and things like that, you're like, well, that's not a bad idea. Give that a go. Um, it's little things like that. And obviously Robust Tours, another one. 
getting tasty, getting after it, boots on, crack yeah. on, all that sort of stuff. It's fucking brilliant stuff. And there's another there's another guy that I'd like to um, introduce you to as well. Um, uh, Tidy Butt is the, is his little yeah. handle that he's got. You may have seen him. He's been on the podcast before. He's a, a Welsh yeah. guy that that has um, a few mental health issues, and he's been doing different things. Um, and yeah, he, he again another one that's putting himself out there saying look i've got this but look this is how i'm dealing with it come and join me and then he's got people like like guest of the year mason jones i love yeah. i love mason um but he's got people like that he's got jack shaw people like that all all coming together and it's amazing how you can do that through social media like without social media me and you wouldn't have been speaking exactly and Exactly. I've made I've made some top quality. Not that I've met them yet, but I'm sure we will. Um, yeah. Some top quality friends through social media, through just being similar and like minded. Um, whether it's myself, you, Stee, Smudger, you know, we're, the list could go on. Um, and we're all trying to do that little that little bit extra to yeah. to in, inspire others. Yeah. To better themselves, yeah, because definitely. especially now, how shit is it now? Like this third lockdown, I've I've found is worse than the first one. The first one, we were like, yeah, right, we'll all stick to it. We'll all, we'll all do our fizz, and it might have been because it was summer. It was nice, so it was like, like yeah. we can still go out in the garden. It's nice. Now it's winter, third lockdown. We're like, when is this ever gonna fucking end? It's grey outside. Down down here in Kent, we didn't even have fucking snow. Everybody else had snow. We didn't. Like, that could have been a bit of morale right there. It's a little bit of snow. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fucking... Well, do you know do you know what it is? It's because, like, mate, I've had probably one of the, the most productive years mm. that I've had. And, and do you know that, why? It's because I literally looked at it from day one when I knew I had to go from, say, a work environment to a home environment. So I was working from home, and I'm like, right, I need to create that routine i need to stay to that routine so i um, yeah. decided right i'm going to get up at five o'clock in the morning i'm going to go for a run i'm going to like create posts i'm going to do whatever i can i'm going to have like basically that full like week is i'm going to fill in every moment of that 24 hours i'm not going to concern myself with what politicians say you know at the end no. of the day they talk more shit than enough we know that okay we have another part exactly so why concern yourself on that to me it's about yourself with the lockdowns yes it probably was because like obviously summer last year and and then you had the second one there was a little bit of leeway as well um kids could go yeah, back yeah. to schools great okay this one now it's back to square one and because it is winter but also what people have got to remember is this is what people should have been doing from day one it's about going into a negative situation but it's about creating what you want how can you better yourself every day yeah people are too totally like, agree, and, and the area and do you know what it is as well as social media i've always said it for a long time it's a it's a tool it's an it's a positive tool if you create the circle around yourself it's the same yes. as when you first start like a social media you start with no nothing no followers you're not following anybody you've just got a profile so what you're going to do is you're going to build a profile that's based on what you like and your inspiration who inspires you it's all entirely down to yourself. So if you see something negative, you've actually created that action by yeah, yeah. or adding them, you know? So really, at the end of the day, it's about, it's a tool, isn't it? Totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you, and this goes to those that don't like 
if you don't like me, for example, if you don't like me and you're following me, you don't like the content I'm putting out, instead of just I'm giving cool. me shit, I'm trying I'm trying to better myself. I'm trying to better myself, trying to help others. If you don't like it, just click the unfollow button or block me. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. What I don't like is when you then become a complete cunt and start typing away and being fucking personal. It's like, there's no need. I'm just going to block you know and delete is? you. <laughs> but do you know what it is? People like that, right? I'll be honest with yourself. Something I never get into. I never get into that negative spin with people. If someone's got a negative thing to say, I think, well, that's your opinion, your perspective. That's what you believe from your own thoughts. Fine. Yeah, Everybody yeah. could have that area of opinion. But at the end of the day, like you said, your page is open. It's not like it's private. It's open. It's there, accessible to everybody. If someone doesn't like the content, unfollow. I've actually got yeah. a followers app. And the only reason why I have that followers app is to actually keep tab of like friends. So if they're like I did with Steve the other day, I'd seen the veteran's opinion account was like dropped off. And I was like, hang on a minute. Whoa, message him. Everything good, bro. Yeah, cool. Right. It's back on. I keep used yeah. it for that. At the end of the day, my account yo-yos. It yo-yos constantly on a weekly, yeah, monthly basis. But, but also I look at it. I don't care who on followers is. Because I look at it, it's like that allows somebody who actually generally wants yeah, to. Yeah, somebody who wants to. Access. Exactly. I yeah. like that. You know, so, I, so like I don't that. I don't take any concern about who doesn't like us. Who does yeah, yeah. like us, great. You know, if you like us, great. If you like my content, great. If you don't like it, see you later. I don't concern myself. I don't invest my time. And I said this on, I think it was a post on Dean today. I don't invest my time or my you know, energy into people that have got negative energy. I'll only invest it in things that give value to me or yeah, to yeah. other people. So it's all about valuing your energies, your time. In day, if you respond back to them, you've got more power by not responding to them yeah, than yeah. to respond. You are given negative, you are literally just wasting your time because to me, it's easy that somebody can create a profile, put a message on somebody else's, on their page, on their post. But at the end of the day, it's just a profile picture. You don't know them, they don't exactly. know you. So exactly. at the end of the day, it's like, does it make a difference? Nope. No, exactly. And I'm also going to backtrack a little bit on your other point about all these other things from politicians and putting us into lockdowns. Are we going into lockdowns? Are we not going into lockdowns? What I've been trying to enforce, especially in my household, um, surrounded by women, <laughs> I'm like, they, they like to stress about everything. We all know that. I'm not being fucking sexist here. Um, even my cat likes to stress. Um, yeah. But what I've been trying to enforce in, into them is to try not to stress over the stuff that is not in our control. Yeah. If you can control it, sure, because we all can. Yeah, we all yeah. stress over the stuff we. But the things that are, that fucking Boris is going to do, we can't control it. So don't yeah. stress about it. Just deal with it when it comes to you, and whether that be fucking actually stick to the rules, stay in the house, only go out to do an hour's exercise or whatever the rule is now or whatever stick to the rules and we'll all get out of this a lot quicker than those fucking cunts that just congregate because they're like well it's not affecting me okay it's not affecting you now but it will and so it's well, it's those sort of people it's essentially going against it, isn't it it's with people yeah, yeah. what it is the, prob the problem is though is there's so many rules now written and, I, and to me, I don't even once again invest my time in that. I look at it as the law was written, it was actually written and created, especially this third lockdown. It was written and created in an hour, in two and a half hours, or an hour and a half. 
It was written and created an hour and a half. It was put through Airplane. Parliament, <laughs> where nobody knew about, and it was yeah. delivered and in, enforced within 24 hours. Right, fair enough. You've you've done that. That's you know where, yeah. you know, you could argue about the if buts and whens and all a little small print. But to me, I look at it is I don't concern my time on politicians because to me, it's like I've got no. Like, once again, I don't. I agree with that. The controllables. I all I do is I I concentrate on what I can control. Yeah. And that's like my actions, family around us. Okay, I need to do this today. I need to do that today. The important stuff. Okay. On Definitely. the other side of it, why waste your time and your energy on things you can't control? At the end of the day, yeah, I look yeah. at it as a politician or any political party will create a law and they'll enforce it. And we do not have a say in that. And that's not, and at the end of the day, you can go into politics and you can go into all the different things as deep as you want and argue about the ifs, buts, whens, and whys. But at the end of the day, it's got no control. It's got nothing over us because no matter what we say and we disagree with it, does it make a difference? No, because they do what they want. At the end of the day, yeah, got, exactly. everyone's got to remember the political the parties are a business. The government is a business. It's not a democratic society, a group of people. If you went back to the Greek days, that was yeah. known as a, a democratic party. That is not now. It's a business. They are simply in the art of making money. And that's the way they look at it. You know, yeah. when everyone talks about furloughs, all them businesses are going to have to pay it all back. Taxes are going to go up to then replace what's been lost. They are, all they care about is profits and losses. And you've got to think of the government as being a business. They are not there as your concern. They, we are the least of their concerns. Yeah. At the end of the day, as long as the coffers are coming in and filling the pockets, that's all they yeah. care about, you know? And we could go into this really in depth but that's why we could it. i don't agree <laughs> you know well it's the same as you could say about police actions me I'm, I'm a big believer i do you know i i look at this i respect the law of what they do as a job overall and you'll always have one or two people that will step outside the law and do what they want okay yeah. you can't control that you know on the other side you could say and that's what i'm saying about the controllables and what you the energies and your time if we all sat there reading all this negative news prints and all that we know how corrupt everything is we know how corrupt politicians are. We know how corrupt the media yeah. is. You know, why put your energies and your time into something that's going to serve you for nothing? Concentrate on what you can control and what you can adapt and overcome with. Like a lot of businesses have got to go online. Great. Look at those different angles. Look at a different area, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as long as you can concentrate on yourself, your family and your surrounding circle, that's all you can do. Yes, go out, put your mask on, follow the rules in that sense. Those are like, oh, I'm going against the government. At the end of the day, you'll never win because, you, <laughs> you know, you with won't. one law, there's, <laughs> you know, there's 50, yeah. 100 laws behind it. So why? It's a, you're wasting your time, to be honest. Exactly. It's a bit like that lady in there. I read it the other day. Um, she, there, there was a guy that was down south that did it um, in the, like, the when we were in tier four. He's yeah. a, a barber and he carried on trading and basically got, um, tried to get, in my opinion, he was trying to get famous. Um, that's yeah. what he was trying to do. It backfired on him because uh, his landlord uh, basically said, no, you, you, no, get out, basically. Um, yeah. But there's been another lady, another salon owner up north somewhere, um, and she's doing a similar thing. She's, she's clocked up £27,000 in fines. Yeah. And then she went to go and open a salon again, and the cops are waiting there. It's like, why would you even... 
you don't what you, you know what I mean? Twenty seven thousand pounds is more than what she'd be making a month, guaranteed. So why are you doing it? Yeah, you've been given. Well, I think it's, it's, you, it's you've been given a grant, people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you've been given a grant to for the self employed people. So do your best you can with that. I'm aware you're not working, and everybody wants to work, and that's your business. But you can't trade at the minute because of this fucking virus that is real, by the way, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But, I know obviously I had Lisa on and like, you know what I mean? People are out there like working in these environments on a daily basis and they're seeing it and we know that. But why, like I look at it as why add to a problem? I agree. You know, at the end of the day, we do, we're not scientists, you know, even the yeah. new vaccines that are coming out, they're essentially just probably a stronger version of what the flu jab was anyway. It's because of control it. So you don't get, yeah, you, it might reduce the impact on you by 50%. I don't know the yeah. science. I don't think many people do. But I'll generally look and think, right, take it down a notch, okay? We can all go against it. I don't agree with lockdowns. I don't agree with many things. I don't agree with the way they go on. But the part no. I do look at is well, I, just I just concentrate on what I can control. Because in the, the day, you know, Definitely. I could sit there and probably make far better decisions, far better, you know, laws out there. You know, give me 70 grand a year. I can probably create far better things that it's not going to profit myself but it is what it is you know so that's why i look at it and my main drive especially i've I got i put a lot more content and i ramped it up a lot more because i know people are going to struggle with that isolated and that's a oh, bit definitely. that i concentrated on was helping other people in that uh, in that period of isolation because i know yeah. if you're if these people are isolated they're going to struggle with mental health we've seen a ramp in suicides we've seen a ramp in mental health and to me my concern is when I post someone on social media, hopefully that will help that one person or two yeah, people yeah. or three people because change their perspective. That, that That's what I like about um, your posts that you do put out, the, the different quotes from, from different people that you've obviously seen, taken a bit of inspiration from, done a nice, done a fucking funky, funky post. But when you actually read the words that are written there, you're like, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep with that with me for fucking today. Yeah. And, and and people like yourself that do put yourself out there and myself, um, similar, um, not as much as I probably should, but I've got a few ideas in my head that I want to play about with that I'll discuss with you after. Yeah. Um, but it's like to you, uh, Steve Nichols, who's got the Right Flank Support Group. Again, tidy butt that I was talking about. They've all got these little communities that you can go in and go, I'm fucking... I'm not in a good place right now. And that, yeah. like we said earlier, that community then comes around you and fucking supports you. And that's what we need. You don't need to be yeah. doing a Karen or Johnny Dickhead down the road, fucking posting negative shit all the time about lockdowns and fucking gyms being closed. We're aware that the fucking gyms are closed. We're aware there's a fucking lockdown. What can we do that can boost our fucking morale booster just make ourselves a bit happier for a couple of hours or, or whatever why are people stopping yeah. doing fucking zoom calls again like you know it, it's little things we've stopped doing the clap for the nhs and well to be honest on that note i'll be honest with yourself i think i think myself they should have been given more financial support and a raise Definitely. in wages 
than to clap. Yeah. To me, yes, we respect NHS, we respect emergency services, we respect all these areas. But at the end of the day, a clap is like, you know, a clap is a clap, but it doesn't yeah. make a change. To make a change is get to financially give them and, and raise their wages. To me, they are worth 70,000 a year. Oh, of course. A doctor, a nurse, you know what I mean? Why, you know, what really, well, I think was another thing was a kick in, in the face was the, how they gave themselves three and a half thousand pound wage raise, yeah. but they wouldn't give that to the NHS. Yes, they'll all stand there and say, oh, support the NHS. Well, why don't you support them? Raise yeah. their wages, raise, I, I totally agree with that. money into them, you know? Because they all voted class, against we, that. They, you know, they exactly, all voted against that. Exactly. And then we're like, oh, if you all go out and give a clap, it's like, yeah, we, we would do that anyway. That does nothing. Because yeah, it does nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like me and you, we're not going to yeah. go, right, well, we're going to give our wages though. To, to No, we can't yeah. do that because we need it. But you yeah. guys can actually give a, that's the whole point of the NHS. That's, yeah. you know, it's free healthcare for a reason. You guys need to fucking be accountable and give the pay rise. Yeah. We all still do the clapping and fucking like I had Lisa on fucking um, last Sunday. I even told her, I was like, it's a fucking honor to, for you to be on here because I know for a fact that you've been called in to do some work when you, when you didn't have to, it was your day off and you still went in. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I may have gone to fucking Iraq and Afghanistan, but in my opinion, the true heroes at the minute are these people. Yep. wars change as as people know and the yep. nhs staff doctors nurses paramedics i've got some very close friends that are paramedics are flat out yeah and yeah we, i i i liked doing the, the the clap going out giving them a round of applause and saying thank you um but yeah you're 100 right the thank you needs to be Backed up with financial. You, you cunt, you cunt, stop taking your fucking pay rises. Have a fucking pay freeze for you fuckers, you fat cats, and give it to those guys. That yeah. watch. Because they people. did it, I think it was New Zealand. New Zealand yeah. did it. They actually reduced their wage. They took a reduction in wages and said, so we're should. not because we feel it's unfair. But the problem yeah. is, that's what I said, going back to it, the government is simply a business, you know? Yeah. But that's another part of it is, is, I look at it is the people, like you said, the people that need it the most now are people who are NHS, you know, frontline, care homes, all this area. It's like raise the wages, give them a higher wage. I mean, every one of them should be on a 50,000 plus wage. You know, I think myself, and also, they are worth. And also, yeah. you, right. I know a lot of people want to become nurses and, and fucking midwives, nurses, paramedics, doctors. Um, Doctors get paid quite a bit anyway, but that's understandable for yeah. the amount of work that they put in to get there. Nurses and what have you. But the reason why a lot of people don't is because of their wage. Yeah. You fucking increase their wages, you watch the amount of people go, oh, I wouldn't actually mind being a fucking nurse. Yeah. And you'll get exactly. an increase in, in fucking people wanting to become nurses and then, you know, the, the lack of staff and things like that would be a thing of the past. But because they get shit on, which is fucking sickening, really. It's a, it's a fucking, like, National Health Service. And they, and they voted well, it's more not business to. now. Well, it, it's yeah. essentially, the, it's, it, it's, it's, it's just in its name now. We've got to remember, 
the whole idea of privatization for the last like say 10 or 20 years right there isn't so much as a thing as an nhs it's all in but name every it's all basic contractual services oh, of course yeah, you yeah, know, yeah when yeah. you actually break it down and it's when you break again, it down they got G- down g4s to... and all sorts aren't they it's like drivers and yeah we've got sorts. you've got to remember it's once again it takes it back to it's a business and that's not just like the government is a business the same as like all the different services is a business it's there to make profits and losses but more profits than losses and we can it's the same as the military the military are like, oh, yeah. contracted as well that if you look at it everything's changed over the last 20 years where it's all contractual services and it's all about making profit but once again i look at it as that's why I said I don't concern myself and t- put all my time and energy into investing in, in this area because I look at it as like we can vote and vote and vote and vote for different things. But at the end of the day, the box stops at them. They'll they'll say yes or no. You know, it's yeah. it's whatever, whatever is beneficial to them, not to us, to them. You know, that's and that's right. what we've got to remember. It's not really it's not a democratic country anymore. It's become someone completely different. But also, uh, that's, the, this, that's why I never step into that arena. I never do. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where you can see the difference in certain countries, right? So obviously we've got yeah. Great Britain all singing, all dancing, apparently. Still going through the same fucking thing over and over again. You go across the fucking way across the pond to fucking Australia and New Zealand who actually went, hang on a minute, how can we stop this fucking this virus from spreading properly right if we do a fucking proper lockdown nobody's allowed out that will limit it and then do whatever else they needed to do they're they're fucking almost back to normal yeah and the fucking new zealand um they're they're prime ministers aren't they they're not presidents their prime minister the the female i can't remember her name she did all that with all the bushfires all the fucking um all that sort of palaver. Then they went into the lockdown with this fucking pandemic. She did all that and she was pregnant. Yeah. I think we need another woman in power, I think, mate. Well, it's maybe a case of the, day, the days of Maggie in it. But like, mind you, that that that's the, the area of it. And I think that's another part that people have got to remember. It's the same as like Meg say, and I really like Steve when he said that, charities only exist because of failure of the government. And I like that perspective. Because that's the same as mental health. When you look at mental health, and, yeah. and I'll always say to people, people can message you if you, and I don't like to call myself an advocate of it. I look at it as like, yes, if I if my content helps you, great, but I'm not a mm. trained professional. And I think that's another part. I don't like that area that people message. To me, I'd rather say, well, why didn't you get in contact with this people or this people or this group or this, you know, this service? Like, because you've like got to remember, like once again, person. charities are a business. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got to remember as well, the reason why we're, it's, it's, they're struggling as well, mental health, uh, charities as well, and organisations, is because, once again, it's a business. Yeah, I was yeah, actually, yeah. I worked, done some work. Um, I went to see some people i had this meeting and i put across an idea about like basically the covenant fund that the military have um it's about 10 million uh, and i'm not quite sure if that's quarters or it's year but they have 10 million to play with and i said well why don't you try train all the people that are leaving them or the people that you want to or would like to why don't you put them on a course that will train them to become psychiatrists counselors etc use the money from that train them up and then use them to help other veterans and to me, it's like the money's there, you know, and I and and I, I did present it to a few people and I never got really anything back from it. But like to me, I look at it, it's a simple solution. The money's there, 
Use it to train people who are leaving, like veterans who are leaving, who help other veterans because they'll be able to communicate better with them, they'll be able to relate better to them, and they'll be able to be on the same wavelength. So really what you've got is a package there. They leave, you know, yeah, yeah. they're trained in an area that will help other veterans that are then, you know, and it's going to be a very positive spin. But the other part of it is, is and I kind of thought, well, why would they not want to do that? Why is it that the fact of it is, is, once again, it comes down to it's a business. A charity is a business. You've got to remember that. Yeah, exactly. It's all about profits and losses. Yeah. And that goes that goes back to um, who I bring up quite a lot on the show um, with Al McGregor in Inner Armour. Yeah. He, he's another one that keeps getting shunned by the military and things like that. And it's like, why? He's yeah. producing this fucking life-saving... He doesn't like being, it being called a tool, but a life-saving tool yeah. that can be taught to yeah. the likes of me, you, even serving members so that they can deal with all yeah. this stuff before it actually takes hold. So say you start yeah. having a bit of a wobble, I'm there, I'm checking yeah. on you. Matey boy, fucking yeah. John down the road, he's checking on me. Make, as, as everybody knows, they have served within the police, fucking fire service, the military, paramedics. You have that buddy-buddy system. Well, you check on each other yeah. to make sure you're right. Um, but he go, he goes in and, and and has got this thing that's all singing and all dancing. And they're like, no, we're not having that. Because it's that yeah. what if factor. What if, what if, if it doesn't work and someone kills themselves? It's like, well. It's going to happen anyway. At the end, end of the day, exactly, what exactly. got to remember? <laughs> At the end of the day, you've got to remember, things will happen that are once again out of your control. Okay, if you look at the spike in veteran suicide, say over the last 20 years, it never, and if you've got to think about that, when I was uh, making the discharge, it wasn't official. That was the government never officially recognized post traumatic stress back in 2002. Okay, it didn't exist, they never used that buzzword. It wasn't until you got the likes of Afghan and Iraq, and it was more Afghan yeah. that you start seeing these problems and people coming back and then displaying problems, and then oh, we've actually got a problem here, you know, we've actually yeah. started. This this and this and how it affects because we've never been in that type of conflict if you think about it since the second world war we've never yeah, been yeah. in that mobile you know a, a mobile theater of warfare for like you know since 1940 you know 40s really so it was a whole new ball game but also the other part of it and i know uh, mark gordon as well dr mark gordon over the states and uh it's hugh keir had him on the pod you know, on h hour yeah he's, uh, he's, he's come like, on here that brilliant and honestly he is absolutely just see that just shows and how much and he's like 10 20 years ahead of everybody else yeah he and is, I, mate. once again i think it's about and again again brilliant. he was shunned yeah if you exactly. listen well, when i you know first listened is? to him on um it's, it's well i hopefully you'll let me know but yeah it's they don't like the fact that people have got especially when he was talking to the uh the brits i found that he said he was talking to some big wigs and they don't and in my opinion this is my opinion now they don't like to accept when a soldier has a problem yeah because they're not supposed to yeah that's my opinion but yeah he's, he's he phoned me up mate randomly so yeah. i sent him a message i said um can i get your number i think you might have put a little um yeah yeah, yeah. little nudge uh, nudge for me um because i heard him on rogan and i was like this guy because he has had the same reaction from the British forces as what Al did when Al started taking yeah. his inner armor stuff in. And yeah, um, yeah. I was like, I can, I can coordinate and you two could get together maybe. And hopefully, and um, I was asked for his number. So I sent him, uh, he, he gave it to me. I sent him a WhatsApp and the next thing I know, he started phoning me up and 
went off on this big scientific tangent on the phone. I was like, yeah. fucking mind blown, mate. I was like, I have no idea what it you're is, talking mate. about, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> well, it was the same as like, I listened to obviously all the Rogan stuff and I was like, wow. So basically in the, the day, it's like, is that what it's caused by inflammation in the brain? And I started getting and using mm. all this technical jargon. And it was the same as when Hugh had him on, it was like, he said, I have to keep it like the, the correct terminology because people do yeah, of course. this as well. And you can understand anything. Yeah, yeah, because you are like that top level doctor. You've yeah, got if you're a top level doctor, well, yeah. Can't just be making up fucking words. <laughs> exactly. But to join is it the same as Mandy Boswick? Mandy as well, you know, and she said it and like, I'm thinking, wow, all these people have got the actual answer to a lot of things. But once again, it comes down to the, the with the military, the problem is it's accountability. It's yeah, natural. Yeah. If you take somebody, you from a civilian form, you then take them and then put them in, especially over the last 20 years of conflict-based. If you take that civilian who's never been in an, in an area of violence or anything like that, okay, a normal upbringing, etc. for example, a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are from broken homes. There's a lot of like yeah, the problems yeah. afterwards yeah, yeah. come from the childhood. But if you then put them into an area of conflict where you've got rounds coming in, bombs going off, you know, chaos, an absolute chaos, especially the more the, the campaigns ramped up and say Helmand, you know, when you put someone in that area and then continuously go in that area and that area and that area and keep that repetitive, like that is essentially that it's a repetitive, you know, injury. You are yeah, yeah. bouncing somebody off walls, and and for the military then to turn around and say the person hasn't got a problem, it's because it's they don't want the deniability because at the end of the day they've created a product that's going to then serve their purpose. That's essentially going to then do what they don't and yeah, then i agree yeah. and there's also i love the area of like because essentially we, we lost those two wars we lost them oh and it, yeah and i know 100%. you know and i i know guess had um come on the guy's name on now off the top of my head but he had it about losing small wars because it said we lost two conflicts but what did we get out of it we destabilized the middle east we completely obliterated people's lives you know all on a night but you know, we could once again we could go through these and like and completely analyze whole situations. But when, yeah. at the end of the day, if you get a human, put them into a, such a traumatic experience and you know chaos, do you expect that person to be normal when they come out of it? Yeah, yeah. I don't That's, think so. I did. I did a fucking uh, a podcast of like ages ago now, where it was literally the the title of it was "We're Not Normal." You can't expect us yeah. to be normal. Um, yeah. And yeah. Like, I, I remember I put it, I'm pretty sure I put it in the book, but it's definitely in my tour diary. And it wasn't until my third tour when I knew I was coming out and I was sat around watching the America. I think they just took out a um, an ID team. Um, and I believe it was a 13 or 14 year old girl that actually was taken yeah. out by this uh, fucking rocket. And I saw all the US Marines cheering and shouting and going, yeah, fucking come on. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. And it, like, I was, I was, I remember being in that mindset and I was, remember thinking that and I was, remember, then I like sort of reminisce, like go back to Kandahar, go back to when I went to Iraq. If I had saw that, I'd be like, fucking come on. It'll be smashed yeah. one. But it's like, that's a 13 year old kid that's obviously being told to go and lay that. Yeah. She doesn't want to go and lay that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we could we could talk about this for hours, mate. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I, that's the way I look at it. When we look we talk about and break these situations down, it's not normal. 
It's not normal to go and shoot somebody in the face. It's not normal to go and bane no. at someone. It's not normal. No, it's not. And, and the people have, <laughs> exactly. And people have turned around and said, it's the same as, well, the Taliban, that's disgusting, all those ideas. Hang on a minute. We actually had thousand pounders, laser guided bombs and all that. Is that fair? You can look at both sides. They had done what yeah. they had to do because they equal what we were doing to them. And we had and firepower. What they had, they didn't have an air force. They didn't have that munitions. So they played, they played ball back. And it's like, well, it is what it is, isn't it? And they, and they played their game very, very well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it's always, always the way, mate. It's always the way. Yeah. And um, just to sidetrack away from from the old military speak for a bit yeah because i know you're a keen martial artist as well so we what yeah. sort of got you into martial arts i was a hyperactive kid i was literally really? just <laughs> yeah yeah i was completely i was crazy little dude like you know what i mean watching the films american ninja bruce lee all this stuff and i was like yeah I grew up in the 80s and it's like this is cool isn't it you see all this flashy stuff and then so i started doing karate because i was really hyper and I do believe that's now ADHD what I had. Um, hey. But, you know, to me, it's like I started off doing karate, got to like Greenbelt Fold, it's too static. I thought, mm. and, and that's no disrespect for the art because all art's quite equal. And then what I've done was yeah. I found that I went from like to karate, got to like Greenbelt and then got bored because I felt this is very static. I don't like this style. Um, and then mm. I started and then dipping into things and then different art forms. Um, and I did Aikido and people were like, you should go for your book gradings. No, I enjoyed doing it. I did it because I enjoyed it. And, and I was getting to a level while I was training with um, like black belts and things. And it was like, I really enjoyed that, that whole area. And that also allowed us to find another like kind of a peaceful area as well. It was very like, with Aikido is a very peaceful art form. So, um, but yeah, then obviously going to, martial arts tend to have a bit of, a yin and yang, you might want to say. Yeah, they, they do, because there's a lot of peace in war. My favourite quote, and I'll say it, I actually got it from my instructor, John Atkin. Um, you know, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden and then a, you know, basically a gardener in a war, because you've always, always got to be prepared for the unknown. And to me, it's yeah, like, John, I give him massive respect, because uh, when he graded, uh, like, obviously because I had to stop, but I graded on uh, like Orange Belt, like multi-style kickboxing with John, eighth, uh, you know, eighth Q um, ninjutsu. Um, so I trained with John, you know, and, and even all of the military, like the combat stuff and boxing, all the different things. And then to me, it's like, I love martial arts because it gives you a level of, there's something there, but I, do you know what it is? The older I got, the more I wasn't bothered about the flashy stuff like this girl. You know, because to me, that's yeah. just for the movies, you know, and even when you break it down, all art forms. And what I don't like is I don't like the disrespect between different forms. I don't like mm. saying, people saying one form's better than another. Like MMA, if no, you look at not. MMA, actually, MMA, believe it or not, it's like I call ninjutsu the original MMA. It has everything in that one art form. You know, it's yeah, the same well, as Bruce Lee was, was. Say, yeah, yeah. Well, Bruce exactly. Lee was a. He done it. He did all sorts, didn't he? Obviously. They like that. Uh, I think uh, the UFC like to say that he's sort of like the founder of yeah. mixed martial arts in the way that he wanted to evolve himself. He didn't want to just be fucking kung fu. He didn't want to just be fucking this, that, and ever. He was doing jujitsu and all sorts. Yeah. Which, yeah. if you want to be a, if you want to be a fighter, you can't just. Well, as you can see now, like you can't just be good at one thing anymore. Obviously, 1993, you had the Gracies that dominated the UFC yeah. in, in UFC 1. But now, if he went in and fought now, 
again, if, if you say, for example, you took a George St. Pierre from now and put him into UFC yeah. one, he would have dominated that because he could yeah. do everything. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I love about the art form because there's a lot of different areas on that that not just, it's not a physical violence, it's about controlling violence. That's what I always like to do it. Yeah. Because to me, you can have that level of violence, but it's controlled violence and how you apply it. I call it the Wolverine switch. So it's always about what, how you know when to apply <laughs> that violence. I like that. It's a literally like you could be very calm one day, one that one moment, and the next thing switch and go into attack form. It's about controlling your emotions. And to me, it's about all these different forms because I've learned very several and there's a lot of similarity between every single one. And to me, yeah. it's like, the, I love martial arts and like, I, I love the whole UFC side of things because I see that that there's multiple, there's multiple capabilities. Yeah. And you can see somebody who does like from judo to, you know, jujitsu. And that's not just Brazilian jujitsu, there's Japanese jujitsu as well. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I love... And then you've got the wider form, and, and I could go on and on and on and on. Like, for me, like, then you've got the other areas that people like Eddie Quinn doing the approach. And yes. Eddie is phenomenal, you know. And, you know, and, and when you break all these people down and you see all these different forms, there is no one form of martial arts that's better than the other. They're all quite equal to each other. No, no, no. And, and again, like, like we just said, the whole mixed martial arts format proves that. Yeah. Because... Say, say, for example, me and you are having a, a fucking one-to-one and I happen to be a better wrestler, but you're a fantastic striker. I'm going to try and take you down, clearly. So I'm not going to try and yeah. strike with you. That, that, that doesn't mean that wrestling is better than fucking Muay Thai because at some point, we, we're going to start on the feet. So I'm going to need some yeah. sort of striking. And th that's why I love it so much. And that's why I love having people like um, Mason and Jack and and One Punch and, and Liz Carmouche, the list can go on and on. And, yeah. and, the, and the way they can deal with putting their bodies and their minds through these situations, and Mason, I'm going to have Mason on in a couple of weeks' time um, so we can go through his loss and how he's dealing with that, unfortunately. I don't actually think he lost that fight. But that's me, yeah. probably. I might have been biased, but we'll, we'll go through that. Yeah. Um, but now he's gone from being undefeated double champion from Cage Warriors to his first fight in the UFC and he loses, that's a hell of a drop. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be good to get his... But it's a learning curve. His, yeah, yeah. It's it'd a be, learning curve. Like, it's like, um, I think, uh, Coach Kavanagh says, uh, obviously, um, Conor McGregor's fight. And uh, this is a, yeah. a, an old fucking quote. It's not a loss. Yeah. It's a learn. You've got yeah. to learn why you took the L, basically. And But do you know something? What I found was... Like, because I went and saw, I went down to see Stapes fight last year, and like obviously yeah, yeah. just before lockdown kicked off, you know, and and I got there and I didn't realize that the fight had been cancelled on the day, on that morning. So I turned up, you know, in Manchester, went to and like I was watching all the fights go on, and I seen Stapes come out, and like I was like um, sitting in front of the, his ringside, and I was like, I thought he was, uh, he was supposed to be fighting, and it was until he actually came out and went, opponent pulled out on the day. I think that's a harder loss than actually getting oh, in that cage yeah. and losing, you know, to for all that training and the sacrifice and all that. And also we got, we caught up afterwards, like these days and, uh, and uh, like a lot of the guys and that. And do you know what it is? I'll give him massive respect. He went back out there. He, he went ringside. He, you know, he, he you know, he basically supported his team, you know, and yeah, then yeah. he like, even, and he says, I did this for like my family, my friends, you know, my fans, 
and and he showed his face and to me that's a massive level of respect because like yeah, he definitely. could be completely destroyed and he was he was destroyed you know but i think that's a harder loss when you get in a cage it's a 50 50 odd anyway you can be you know someone like conor mcgregor you could have and, a punch's chance like amazing. Punch chance exactly and to me it's about the fight and form it's about respect because that's something john taught for me from day one everything begins yeah, and ends in respect when you go in there, you respectfully, and I know this is a quite a funny little story. I remember a training we were doing, that was Muay Thai, because we were doing different forms, we were doing K1 Muay Thai, and this one kid came in, and he was full of anger, and he's probably giving it big licks and that, and like he was really trying to hammer people. And obviously, I've been training for a bit, and I've seen this kid, and I was like, that's going to get you killed on the outside. If you went out swinging your fists and windmilling and all the rest and trying to give it big licks, you're going to get completely you know, blit raped by someone. So we came in, training and all that. And what it was was that he came up and we were sparring and he had his gloves up. And what it was, he made a mistake. Obviously, his gloves opened, gave us the opportunity and I put a, basically a jab straight through the middle, bang straight yeah, in the yeah. face and he kind of woke up as a wall because he must have thought he'd given it so much power that like I was like yeah yeah fine you you wear yourself out you wear that aggression and then I took my opportunity saw it took it and yeah, it completely yeah. blazed it was like whoa and that just goes to show it's like so there's a lot of different areas now and I don't think he actually came back to be honest <laughs> but <laughs> he learned on that day it's about respect you don't step into an arena of combat without going in respectfully and you respect your opponent yeah 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 he's obviously been out on a couple of nights out and managed to get a decent fight in or something like that on a night out where he's gone windmilling and managed to catch a guy and thinking that yeah. he can go into a fucking proper Muay Thai ring and then try the same. It's like, that's not gonna happen, mate, because yeah. they actually know what they're doing and they're not pissed. It's like, I found that when I, because I, I used Man. to, I, I was a nightmare when I was growing up. I was always looking for a fight. If I wasn't trying to pull a bird, I'd be trying to fight someone because I'm an idiot. Oh, I was an idiot. Um, wasn't until I got until I got the girls that I grew up a little bit. Put it that way. Um, wouldn't matter the size of the person I, I was trying to fight. Um, and when you're when you're having a drunk fight, obviously they're just as pissed as you are. So it doesn't matter if you're fucking winning yeah. million. You're gonna if you catch them, they're 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 already fucking halfway on the floor anyway. It wasn't until I went and started yeah. boxing training with the air force and I was fucking pasted all over the shop and I was like, fucking, this doesn't normally yeah. happen. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, a different perspective, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like a good friend of mine, like Martin. He's a he was a, obviously a bouncer, and like and we went on a seminar with John, and John asked, he says, "Has anybody knocked somebody out?" And Martin's like, "This guy, big dude, you're talking six for odd. Think of Kratos of God of War. He is mm. that is what Martin looks like. He's a big dude, and he put his hand up. And John says, "How did you feel?" He went, "I hated it. I actually physically hated knocking the guy out. Now that's, that's the horrible. problem with people." Yeah, it's that point of like, if, and that's just like, obviously, striking someone, knocking them out and dropping them on the floor. And that's from a bouncer. Now, and that's what people forget is because there is that, once again, that controlled level of violence. And it's about being savvy enough to think, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. picky battles, you know, picky battles. Don't go in there giving it big licks, throwing your fists around because at the end of the day, now it's worse because knives. At the end of the day, put the knife uh, down, yeah. you know, the whole scene's yeah. changed. I wouldn't want to be a bouncer now. In this no, in this day not. and age, because there's no there's no respect. It wasn't like back in the day when people had a brawl in the and you know outside the bar and everyone was jumping in and it was like fists of glory, yeah. 
And then everybody shook hands at the end of the day, plus themselves, they walked away. There was a level of respect still even on the street back 30 years ago, back in the 90s. And then people started thinking, oh, well, I'm going to carry knives. Put it down. You're not hard by carrying a weapon. At the end of the day, you're not only going to hurt, like, this, like end somebody's life, you're going to destroy yeah. a family. You know, it doesn't make and, it hard. And in it turn, it's going to, yeah, in turn, they're going to destroy their own life because they'll get caught one yeah. day. And whether it'll be yeah. by another gang with a fucking knife or you yeah. get life in prison and then treat yourself to that. Exactly. And every fucking day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bum raped as if I just said that um, but yeah but Chris it's almost fucking three o'clock I know you've got yep. family family commitments and I've got a lovely roast yeah, yeah. getting prepared happy days and all that mate it's always a it's always a fucking privilege to talk, chat to you always and more than I, welcome I to come that. on any time um, it's been a long yeah, time yeah. coming and I fucking enjoyed it we could have been talking for three hours I reckon but exactly I'm trying to behave because my missus keeps saying, well, I love you to be out there today. It's like, no, I'm going to stick to an hour, hour and a half max. Yeah. but It's a good little format because it, it keeps you disciplined as well as a podcaster. Because I found that yeah. if I stick to an hour, and I know Instagram will become a little bit lenient now where it can roll over the hour. But look, at it, once again, if you take say, say this as a podcast format and keep to an hour, it keeps you disciplined. But you can also think, right, I'm yeah. going to cover this, this, this and this. And, and actually cover the topics that need to be top, uh, covered. Yeah, definitely. Also, you know, it allows you that discipline, doesn't it? Yeah. And the only time that I'm going to might slip with it is when I do talk to the likes of, like, Mason Jones, because he fucking yeah. talks to Wales. He, he literally doesn't <laughs> shut up. And you're like, Mace, mate, it's almost three hours in. People have stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not Rogan, is it? But it's just like, oh. Yeah, I have to. I have to even chop up Rogan episodes, mate. Yeah, I'm still. I'm still on his latest one with Brendan Sharp. Like, I have to chop them up. But yeah, mate, I hope you have a fucking good afternoon. I've I've fucking enjoyed this. Every time I have a podcast, it makes me feel fucking better. And hopefully, people can can find. Well, that's another one. I got this from John actually. Beamson, where can people find you? Well, (laughs) predominantly, yeah. Predominantly, it's on Instagram. So it's Darkside Podcast on Instagram. Um, yes, it does transition over to Facebook, but don't bother with Facebook. It's like that's just another. That's like the second brother of Twitter. That I'll just try and avoid it as best I can. Um, but also on iTunes as well. iTunes, Spotify. Um, also, if people really want to find out more, if you go on my the link in the bio um, on my main page, you'll be able to do the flow page chart. Um, like different areas we'll go through uh podcasts different platforms even the books amazon you know it'll, it'll take you through there so i would say go on the link through the bio and it will take you straight to anywhere that you want happy to days. really happy days you've been summoned already look you got a little visitor behind you yeah definitely definitely <laughs> <laughs> well enjoy mate enjoy your rest of your afternoon and i'll catch you in a bit we'll do yep no Cheers, worries. Mate. you can you too right